Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thanks for joining us in this episode of Pharmacy Hot Topics, the podcast where we talk with our members about what is currently top of mind for pharmacists, student pharmacists, and pharmacy technicians. I'm ASHP President Tom Johnson, and today we will be discussing the PAI 2030 focused initiatives. With me today is Eric Moreka, Senior Director, Center on Pharmacy Practice Advancement with ASHP. Thanks for joining us today, Eric. Why don't we get started by you just telling us, I know you're popular on the podcast channel, I've heard you before, but why don't you start by just introducing yourself and your role with ASHP for members before we get started. Sure, Tom. Thanks for having me today. My name is Eric Moroika, the Senior Director for the Center on Pharmacy Practice Advancement at ASHP. I've been here just a little over four years now. Most of my career has been in federal medicine, but glad to be part of a really a widespread effort working with a tremendous group of professionals, both members and staff here at ASHP. That's great. Thanks, Eric. Well, why don't we get started today with our topic on the Practice Advancement Initiative 2030, or PAI 2030, and specifically the focused initiatives. Tell us what those are, as opposed to the broader PAI 2030, and why did we get these in terms of focused initiatives? Yeah, Tom, so just for those members who, who may not be, or, or even listeners for that matter, that may not be familiar with the Practice Advancement Initiative 2030 recommendations, in December 2019, we'd launched the recommendations. There are 59 streamlined and updated recommendations to promote optimal, safe, and effective medication use. They also focus on expanding pharmacist and pharmacy technician roles and implementing and optimizing the latest technologies. Now, the PAI 2030 focused initiatives are time-bound. The recommendations are too, but these have a more short time that are associated with them. And they're intended to accelerate movement towards specific goals to help speed the adoption of best practices. Each focused initiative has an associated objective and eventually will have key results or measures that we will use to move toward the individual objectives. There are five focused initiatives. I will go over the five. I'll mention one of the objectives, but I will not go over each one. The first focused initiative is optimize medication use and access through pharmacist prescribing. The objective associated with that, and this follows the same structure with the subsequent initiatives, by 2024, increase authority for pharmacists to independently prescribe medications pursuant to a diagnosis by 20%. So as you can see there, time bound, it's associated with that aim. Uh, that initial focused initiative, and then there will be key results or measures that feed into the objective to get to that 20%. Now, there'll be a variety of ways we baseline and measure, but that is the idea. The second focused initiative is leverage and utilize technology to optimize pharmacist provision of care to patients. Really, the intent here is to increase the number of health systems to leverage data science and technology to reduce adverse drug events or suboptimal outcomes. The third focused initiative, ensure all patients receive seamless and coordinated pharmacy services at all transitions of care. 
Rita Shane was part of our PAI 2030 advisory group, and most recently she served as a guest editor on our theme issue on transitions of care in the AGHP journal, our professional journal. And this really is centered on increasing the number of health systems with organic or external partnerships related to integrating pharmacy services end-to-end to coordinate those patient care transitions. The fourth focused initiative is improve patient access to pharmacist services in ambulatory care clinics. Exactly just that, increasing the number of pharmacists who practice in either primary or specialty care clinics. And lastly, expanding the role of our pharmacy technicians. This is to expand their utility and advanced roles. We understand that may need to be defined further, but the idea here is to get to 20% with the objective and advanced roles. So the focus initiatives and their associated objectives are what is to be achieved, the key results or measures will evolve over time and will benchmark and monitor how we get to the objectives and the aims of the initiatives. The key results are specific and measurable and considered change concepts or ideas. Why we did this, Tom? To minimize the static nature of the recommendations and have a way of demonstrating measures of progress. ASHP will intend to draw on the PAI 2030 to promote these particular focused initiatives for health system pharmacy practice, and we expect them to have an impact on improving responsible medication use. In the out years, as we move forward with the current focused initiatives, we will intend to roll out additional focused initiatives as we move toward achieving our vision for 2030. Thanks for going through the overview of these focused initiatives, Eric. I think as we develop these and revise these, you started with a list of 59 things that we're working on. And and actually, it's it streamlined because the original PAI had way more than that, right? 172 points of consensus. And leave it to a bunch of pharmacists for us to get to streamline at 59, right? So that <laughs> I think we did a great job with that. And I really like this, and I really like our ability to focus on some very specific things with some specific elements. In our Truth and Transformation podcast that Paul and I did, Paula Bramwitz, our CEO, we talked a little bit about some of our truths. We talked about why it is that pharmacists are the medication experts. It's based on our training, our expertise, those types of things. Yet when we start talking about prescribing medications, people get kind of excited sometimes for a lot of different reasons. So maybe let's go back to that first one just a little bit and let's let's define that one really precisely as what we mean by independent prescribing of medications. And what do we mean when pharmacists talk about that? Yeah, good question. There may be some concern about independent versus, let's say, existing collaborative practice agreements, which may give you really a wide range of responsibility with a a CPA. Really here, what we're getting at is like our our brothers and sisters in the other professions, whether it's a physician assistant, nurse practitioners, our physicians, if we are truly credentialed and privileged as they are, there is no need for collaborative practice agreements. And we're able to provide appropriate with our scope for our respective states, the level of services that we would expect to practice at. So that independent prescribing 
really looks beyond just being restricted to maybe a current state scope of practice where maybe you're only able to prescribe birth control or naloxone or immunizations. It really goes beyond that to be a privileged provider, credentialed and privileged provider that is conferred the ability to practice at the top of his or her license. Well, thanks for that clarity, Eric. I think there's a lot of ways to be a part of the healthcare team. I think there's a lot of conversations right now on how we're going to optimize population health and how we're going to improve wellness and the ability of pharmacists to provide care within their scope pursuant to what the team has determined to be the right thing and then handle the medications independently or part of a team or however that really fits based on your local scope and definition, I think is an important component. And that's, that's really our advocacy element with that one and trying to move this along as an important component. So thanks for those definitions. Anything else that you want to point out on those, those first few before we get into some of our process and how these were developed? No, I think I'll be able to address those as, as we go along in our conversation. Awesome. Well, good. Well, let's talk about process. So we came up with PAI 2030, our revision, our streamlined approach, but yet we need some things to focus on in the first half of the decade. And why don't you talk through how these focused initiatives came about and how we've come up with this process for development? Yeah, so through the development process for the PAI 2030 recommendations, the participants, which included members, the board members, the elected positions, uh, so chairs and uh, of the sections and forums, even those external to ASHP had an opportunity to, to comment through the public comment period. The participants in the process did consider lessons learned from other notable change leadership initiatives, and, and the one in particular, CMS Partnership for Patients. Such initiatives are sometimes characterized by a focus on a few bold, ambitious goals. These are really quick identification of important opportunities, speedy formulation and implementation of a effective responses for the pursuit of large-scale change. The idea really emerged during our 2019 ASHP strategic planning retreat, where we had small group discussion. And one of our large group presentations, there was a guest speaker, Dennis Wagner. He's the former director of the Eye Quality Improvement and Innovation Group at CMS. He introduced us to a book called Measure What Matters by John Doerr. And it, and it really, at least for me, it framed our efforts and promoted a sequence of events that followed. I'm not sure we would have necessarily gone down this path had it not been for that particular presentation. It really, uh, I thought, brought home the notion of some bold aims, and this is really the the idea of the, the focused initiatives. Subsequent to the strategic planning retreat, we did some further synthesis at ASHP, provided a list that we asked members that attended a town hall at our 2019 summer meetings in Boston to really rank order those based on feasibility and impact. We had, I don't know, 15 or so and had them whittle it down to maybe seven or eight, where we then further synthesized that for the board to react to at our January 2020 board meeting. The next steps at that time were to move forward with a pre-retreat survey and in-person discussion at our 2020 strategic planning retreat. But 
As you know, COVID-19 put a screeching halt on several of our planned efforts that we had at ASHP and, and elsewhere, and really pivoted our efforts to an all-hands-on-deck approach to the COVID response. That really became our priority lines of effort. But after a few months, we were able to recalibrate, and the focused initiative survey was sent out to the would-be participants of that 2020 strategic planning retreat that would have happened in April of 2020. So that really was comprised of our board members, section and forum chairs, select ASHP staff. We sent that out in July of this year, which is 2020, and it was subsequently uh, approved. So the results, we were able to compile those and then present that to the board in late August of 2020. And last week, According to when we are recording this podcast, the, the focused initiatives were approved by the board. Well, it's definitely a very complete process. And I appreciate all your work and your team's work on pulling all this together, Eric. So strong work. Keep going. Very much appreciated. I picked out your measure what matters quote, and people really like to keep score, don't they? I mean, that's just a, a big part of trying to drive success. Any, any further comments on that and how you see that working? Yeah, I think that we're seeing that now, even with COVID. I think our members, and at least we're listening through our council efforts. We have policy week coming up here soon at ASHP. Hot topic tends to be productivity metrics. What are we measuring for ensuring that we're engaging our staff? So a lot of hospitals and health systems had to deal with staff furloughs, for instance, during reduction in elective procedures and reduced census. How do we approach the notion of flexing staff to volumes? Are we looking at the right metrics or the measures? And and how do we shape our narrative for lasting change as part of an interprofessional care team through changes in scopes of practice, through legislative and regulatory changes, so that we are able to practice at the top of our license and take advantage of opportunities and, quite frankly, not look at opportunities to feel sorry for ourselves, but to really, what are the seams that are the new normal that we need to lead on that maybe traditionally we have not led on? And part of the the PAI 2030 recommendations, you may have pharmacogenomics or just opportunities in, in informatics and data science. These are areas that are rich and robust that could really amplify some of the efforts we do today. I think that's what makes it exciting. It's both fearful and exciting at the same time. It is. And you bring up productivity. We could have our own uh, podcast series on pharmacy productivity and how to do that. And you bring up great points with data. Sometimes our detailed nature wants us to get to perfect. And sometimes we forget that something or broad data is also very helpful and can be directional. And we maybe don't have to have perfect or every nuance. We just need to be able to move forward. And I really appreciate the 20%, like, let's make progress. We don't need to get to 100. Let's just make progress and measure that and set a goal. So very much appreciated on, on how we're doing that. And hopefully our, our members and listeners are excited about it as well. So speaking of, of that, how do we get excited about this? And what are we really trying to achieve here with these focused initiatives? How does ASHP see this? How do you personally see this as the director responsible for doing this stuff, Eric? Yeah, quite simply, even going back to my days in practice, which was not too long ago, I always wanted to see the team win. It wasn't necessarily what does Eric Marika want. It's what's the C-suite want and how are we going to, to make sure the team wins? So really for, for ASHP, we want the team to win 
overall. And we want these focused initiatives in conjunction with PAI 2030 recommendations to really provide direction and influence leading to transformational advances in practice. And you've stressed this in your podcast series, Tom, your Truth and Transformation series, which if our listeners out there have not heard those, take the time to do so. They're, they're well worth the time. The focused initiatives and the greater PAI 2030 recommendations emphasize the importance of pharmacy leadership, both your little L and big L leaders, and accountability at all levels to significantly advance the health and well-being of people, not just patients, but people across all practice settings. So bringing it back home to, to Rita Shane again from her editorial she published in the AGHP theme issue, now, a quote from that editorial is, it is time to disrupt health system pharmacy's current state. Really, it's centered squarely on patient need and alignment of financial incentives across that in continuum of care. And really what we want to see is that gain in momentum or abundance with these focused initiatives and recommendations to give our members the tools, resources, and platform to be effective leaders in this disruption for a healthier society and a vibrant profession. So really, we want, again, we want that, that team to win. That's a great point. It's hard to be individually successful if your team isn't winning. It just doesn't make much sense. And that goes into all kinds of sports analogies, but you'll hear time and again, most of the star players in most organizations will talk about, well, yeah, I got whatever record, but it doesn't mean anything if we don't win. And they're always disappointed if they're not achieving as a, as a group and as a team. And I think that's a great point. So let's talk a little bit about these focused initiatives and the relationship to PAI 2030. So does that mean that we're just going to do these five and then we're going to ignore the other 50 some or how are you using these initiatives to really help support and broadly push the entire PAI 2030 initiative? This is before my time at ASHP, but I will say I spent a year at ASHP when I was in the army. It was part of the training with industry program. And, and at that time, you know, it was 2008. Discussion at the councils and Policy Week was around building kind of an urgency around a new practice model. And that ultimately led to the PPMI, Pharmacy Practice Model Initiative. So that's, that's essentially our legacy PAI effort. And that did not have at the, the outset, let's say, measures per se. There were efforts to have a national dashboard of measures that followed but I think we're being more deliberate about this up front. And really, the focused initiatives are the ways to determine and message indicators or measures of progress with the initiatives and with a subset of some of the PAI 2030 recommendations, since they are relational. Now, certainly, we don't want to just focus on the focused initiatives. They're, again, just taking a few to celebrate wins so it does not look in our totality that we have 59 recommendations. These are too many, even though we've streamlined them down from 172. It's still a lot. Just picking a few to throw some softballs so that we show some forward momentum. But it's important that we harmonize with ASHP federal and state advocacy efforts that could include boards of pharmacy and scope of practice expansion, for instance or other lines of effort through what I call our army of volunteers through our section and forum work, or professional policy development through our councils, 
particularly with initiatives associated with the prescribing, the transitions of care and pharmacy technicians, those are not going to be done in silos. It's going to take some heavy lifting with our government relations staff and advocacy and at the state level. It's important not to lose sight of the other equally important PAI 2030 recommendations. There are several that are relevant and can be factored into your foundational strategic planning to set goals and objectives for either your state affiliate, for your individual institution, or you as an individual practitioner for your continuing professional development. Those are all great points, Eric, and a couple of things to react to there. I was first elected to the ASHP Board of Directors in 2010, and so one of the first things I did was attend the PPMI Summit. I was still on the board when we had the Ambulatory Care Summit and led to the PAI after we combined the two. And while I was poking fun a little bit at our inability to narrow some of these things down, I think it really just describes the scope of where we land as pharmacists and as a profession in terms of our areas of responsibility, our scope of responsibility, and all the different things that pharmacy services is a part of. And obviously, the PAI is a reflection of that, and we can't just get it down to two or three things because we are deeply involved in 59 different areas, and that even is thinning it down a little bit. And I think that's an important thing to notice. So while I was poking fun a little bit there at myself, I guess, and, and maybe the, the rest of our profession, I just think in all seriousness, that's an important thing for us to take a look at and work through. So let's talk a little bit about differentiation and distinguishing here between these focused initiatives and recommendations. So we've talked a little bit about that. We've covered some of that, but why don't you go into that in just a little bit more detail? Yeah, this is an area where we're going to make sure we need to do effective communications to mitigate any kind of misunderstanding between the focus initiatives and the recommendations themselves. The focus initiatives pull from the PAI themes for change and relate to a subset of the recommendations. We did try to deliberately ensure that the focused initiatives represented each of the five 2030 domains. So if you're not familiar with our recommendations, we've nested them under five domains. And those five domains are patient-centered care, pharmacist role, education, and training. And we have a third domain, technology and data science. The fourth domain is pharmacy technician role, education, and training and with leadership and medication use and safety. Under those domains, too, we do have subdomains, too, not to confuse matters, but it's practitioner-focused, organization-focused, and then profession-focused. There, there was a reason we looked to do that, too, and it's, it's about the development in a self-assessment tool that's currently in development to help with gap analysis for end users. And then akin to the CMS partnership for patients, which I did mention previously, they set some bold care improvement goals. If you recall, anticoagulation safety, hypoglycemia and opioid safety were kind of wrapped up in that medication safety component for partnership for patients. The focus initiatives kind of take a page out of that script. And we have designed a target of 2024, not 2030, And the intent for the focused initiatives are really for rapid cycle, wide scale change. Now, that does not mean if you have an opportunity or seem with other recommendations, by all means, go for it. But we're we're looking at celebrating the short term significant wins so that we could message it out through our state affiliates individually and 
when our president or CEO is up on the floor and the platform, they're able to provide some meaningful progress. Are we moving the needle? Is this making a difference? Yeah, that's great. Those are always good slides to present when you can say, look, we were here and now we're moving this along. People like to see progress. That's an important component of change management too, as you go through things. It's these type of major shifts don't happen overnight and you can wear out a little bit. You can get tired of trying to keep having the same conversation over and over again and being able to demonstrate success and looking back over two or three years and finding out that you really did do something is great. So very much appreciated. Yet at the same time, we don't want to leave everything until 2029 and uh, procrastinate our way till 2030 and then go, oh, gee, we need to really get moving or we're not going to make this. So I like the approach and uh, having a have a shorter term target for some key elements. You mentioned the self-assessment checklist or tool. I know that's been a popular element for a lot of folks is doing a lot of work with this over the last several years. State societies, student societies have really gone into that, worked with health systems and hospitals to try to complete some of that. You said it's under development, but any hints for us, any teasers on when that might be around and when we might be able to see the new one? Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping by the time this podcast posts that we'll have a better idea of, of when. I was hopeful we would have it by September, end of September, I haven't seen the next round from the the vendor we're working with. I think I'll be able to see that by next week, but certainly we want it well before mid-year. So we want it to be a package of resources that we have available to start to promote in advance of mid-year. So sooner than later. Yes. Yes. Good. Good. Glad to hear it. Well, speaking of that, well, what are some of the next steps here with these focused initiatives? You need members to do anything? You need folks to tackle anything? Is this this all on you? Are you going to do the entire thing, Eric? What are we we doing here? Uh, You know, really everything at ASHP is done by engaged volunteer members who are just some of the awesome, most awesome folks I've I've worked with. I'm I'm very impressed. They have full-time jobs, yet they're able to provide us with the knowledge and direction that we need to go in. And it's a real pleasure working for such an engaged group. So our typical communication plan, promotional tactics and channels, and I I really leave that to the experts. I just feed the machine. We, We have a tremendous marketing and communication team. It's really, I think in in the last year and a half or so, it's been amazing group of people. And I I don't even profess to say I I know anything about communications. The folks on our team are great. So that's that's really through our traditional channels, through daily briefing and Newslink, the web team, our social media strategists, our writers, and then really working through our state affiliates and student societies as well to get get the word out. We also want to make sure we, we celebrate wins. And that's through hearing from our members, storytelling. It's through best practice uh, case studies. And we're not very critical on what, at this point, we consider a best practice for case studies. If you feel like you have a win out there, we want to hear it. Podcasts, webinars, live presentations, promoting statewide and local level key results will be good to promote some healthy competition. That'll be particularly uh, good once we get that self-assessment launched. And then also sharing it with our focused initiative results too. Those will be ways and means that we can demonstrate progress and help those build uh, action plans for progress. Toolkit development, matter of fact, the SSHP does have a toolkit available now on our website, thanks to 
Gina Luchin and her team. Then we have State Affiliates Toolkit working a little bit with Anne on our team to develop what might be best. They'll talk a little bit about some of that in uh, upcoming policy week. And then opportunities for benchmarking and baseline data. So using some existing survey tools and also through the use of pulse surveys to get really a prevalence or really the pulse on what's going on in a particular area that we want to get our fingers on to report back out to the group. I think short term, and I'll talk about this probably in my final comments if, if I'm asked, but our members, what we want them to do is, is really start to fill the bucket with some case studies. We can look at those as opportunities to then further explore a podcast or even a webinar or perhaps a ASHP intersection story. It's really get your foot in the door. We'll work with you very simply. We do have a web link on our webpage to submit these case studies. We're not getting it published in a journal, although it could be journal-worthy content, depending on where you start. But it's really to, to, again, build that momentum around the focused initiatives and help your storytelling can actually help others who maybe are afraid to ask the question, but have a connector to get to to figure out solutions to barriers they're currently facing. Those are all great points, Eric. Thanks for that. I'll even back up to one of your very first points in that section was ASHP is all of us. It's not some organization that does things to us as a profession. And the members of ASHP is what drives what it is we do. And engaged members, as long as I've been involved with ASHP, which is pushing 25 years now, Actually, I think I've been a member longer than that, but actively engaged for about that amount of time. It has always been a member-driven organization and the volunteers, and, and you described it very well. I am continually impressed by people that give of their time and their efforts and do it selflessly. And uh, not to minimize what staff does, the staff keeps all of us moving along and on track and organized and implements all this stuff. And so thank you to what you're doing and very much appreciated. So Thanks for all your work on this and helping us move this forward. Very much appreciate it, Eric. So let's get to the, you are right. We are about to the time of a wrap up. So what are your final points here for listeners about our concepts and topics here today, particularly the focus initiative for PAI 2030? Yeah, there's a quote I saw on one of your podcasts that was on our social media. And I, I just kind of jotted it down here. And it's, it's to act on your truth, identify your opportunity, create a plan, figure out how to use your strengths, then execute. That's what we're doing. It's about transforming healthcare. And, and healthcare of the future demands a well-coordinated patient experience that is convenient, fiscally responsible, it's data-driven, and it's personalized. You can learn more about PAI at our ashp.org site backslash PAI. I would submit to our listeners to study the PAI 2030 recommendations in addition to the focused initiatives help create those success stories, no matter how small, on those innovations that lead to transformative changes in healthcare, and volunteer to create tools and resources based on those successes. If there's something that you have a good idea about, let us know, and we would love to create something, or, or if it requires resources to be assigned, it's the start of an idea. It's only through effective leadership and an engaged group of member volunteers that we'll be able to accelerate movement and create these disruptive opportunities. So really our members are the linchpins to guide health system pharmacy practice toward 
this 2030 vision we have. Really, it's this quest for a healthier society, and it's going to take all of us as one team to get there. Not to belabor the point again, but really help inspire others by sharing your story. We're in the process of publishing a series of a few case studies that show how organizations across the country have used the PAI 2030 recommendations to transform how pharmacists care for patients. And uh, we would certainly love to hear from you. Please consider reaching out and submitting your success story. We'd love to hear it. Yeah, that's such a great point, Eric. Stories are so important. Yes, data is important. Yes, literature is important. Yes, keeping scores important. But if you don't have a personal story, you're just not going to drive anything. It's not going to move it forward. And so that's a huge point for us. So thank you again. Appreciate it. Well, as we close out today, I want to make sure that we share some of the resources that ASHP has developed and ways that ASHP is working, not only for PAI 2030, but several other areas. We're working to help our members balance advancing practice and their COVID-19 response with trying to integrate business recovery plans, and those are available for the ASHP resources. ASHP has developed resources and continues to be responsive to everyone's needs to help all of our members and listeners care for patients and staff. So be sure to check out that ASHP COVID-19 Resource Center, which is found at ashp.org. And if I remember correctly, it's the top banner as you enter the site. Serves as a clearinghouse for more information on COVID-19 for pharmacy leaders, clinicians, and resources for patients. ASHP has developed policy recommendations for policymakers. Ask your legislators to support ASHP's COVID-19 recommendations. Send an email using online advocacy center at advocate.ashp.org. Or once you get to ashp.org, you can click on the advocacy link on the top banner. We've also established a COVID-19 Connect community that ASHP members and really all healthcare providers can use to ask questions, receive answers, share experiences, post resources, receive updates, and learn best practices related to COVID-19. And finally, be kind to your mind. Headspace is now the exclusive meditation and mindfulness app for ASHP members. With Headspace, you can learn the life-changing skills of meditation and mindfulness in just a few minutes a day. Studies show that meditation helps reduce stress and burnout in healthcare professionals while boosting happiness, compassion, resilience, and overall life satisfaction. Visit ashp.org and search Headspace to find out how you can access this free subscription for ASHP members. Well, that's all we have time for today. I want to thank you again, Eric, for joining me to discuss the PAI 2030 focused initiatives to provide pharmacists and pharmacy techs with the most up-to-date information on ASHP's efforts to provide consensus-based advice on advancing practice. So thanks again, Eric. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tom. And thanks again to all of you for tuning in for this session of Pharmacy Hot Topics. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation and be sure to subscribe to ASHP Podcasts through your favorite podcast provider or find us at ASHP Official. I'm Tom Johnson, your ASHP president, and thanks again for joining us today. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.